Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the California Work Comp Report. Today is Wednesday, February 13th. I'm your host, Corey Olson, here with Dr. John Alchemy to discuss data integrity, the 10,000-foot view. John, can you explain to us how data quality works and how that works with respects to data completeness? Yeah, sure, Corey. So data in a report or an impairment report really has two dimensions. It has its completeness, which we've discussed in prior podcasts and why that has value to the stakeholders, but it also has quality. And that is how compliant is the information that's present with the rule set. Um, In California, for instance, we use the AMA Guides 5th edition. Other states use the 6th edition or state-specific, but that really doesn't matter. It's, It's what the rule set says for the requirements and the conditions of the data that is present. So what we're talking about here is the 10,000-foot view of a report. The the real question is, we talked before about the presence of the quantity of the report. Is it 50% present, 75%, whatever the rule set calls for? But today we're going to talk about the next step in that, and that's the quality, and then marrying those two concepts together to give us something called the integrity value of the report. Wonderful. So we see that the the two pillars that make up the data integrity are, on one hand, you have the data completeness, and out of the completeness of the data, you can measure the data quality of the report that's been written. That's absolutely correct. And, you know, up until now, people just in general, the stakeholders, they just struggle to try to figure out if what they're looking at is correct because of the, the detail, the, the overlapping and, and layering of rules in coming up with these impairment reports, you know, people just basically have to throw up their hands. Um, and that's even for providers or, you know, people that check ratings uh, for a living. They, it's such a complicated process that, that we're expected to do is that people are just trying to do their level best to just guess and see if the impairment rating it even even makes sense. They they don't have time or the knowledge or the understanding or the tools to inventory the report for completeness and then finally for the quality of the data is there. So those two elements, the quality um, and the completeness, are all over the map, all over the map. And I can't stress that enough that we look at some quote unquote expert you know impairment providers who write reports at you know like a medical legal you know higher fee schedule level. And their reports are missing 70% of the data. And they're not even close to what the rule set says is how the measurements should be obtained or the questions should be asked. So so this is, I, I like to call this the elephant in the impairment room here, the whole issue over integrity. And what happens, unfortunately, when stakeholders are unable to understand the integrity of a report is then they have to shift the only thing they know and that's the price sensitivity of a report. And, and, and that simply is, do I want to pay this price or can I pay this price or not? Or do I have to contest it simply because the value comes in higher than, than what I think I should have to pay for a shoulder? For, forget the specifics of the exam. You know, I just know that a shoulder shouldn't be over 10% impairment. And if it is, then I got to go get help and see if someone can tell me if that's the right number or not. That is basically the way that the system adjudicates itself right now. And it's crazy, and it introduces incredible delays and unnecessary costs. And it's all because 
the stakeholders don't or can't know what they're looking at in these reports. It seems like if you're either the, uh, the stakeholder that's the employer or the actual injured worker, everything that's going on in this process seems so esoteric and you're kind of just waiting for the insurance carrier or the physician, if they have this information, to kind of tell you, you know, all right, this worked, this didn't work, this impairment report was returned, this impairment report was accepted. They don't really tell you why. And as you just described, there's no real way to quantify or qualify the reports that are written currently so that, that would make it a miss. Everything else in this world seems to have some sort of standard for maybe not everything else in this world, but things, things that seem to work well have a standard for quality and quantity when determining sort of a final result, which would explain if there's no standard for it, it would explain why work comp is in such a big mess. Yeah, and there are so many other industries, you know, where where transparency is is a high value, and you know that's why those products um, uh, take off so well because they really do add value and quality um, to people's life. Now, in workers' compensation, no one's really sat down to digitize what an injured injured body part is, what that looks like, how it's weighted. You know, it's an incredible amount of work and tedious detail. Um, you know, but fortunately at RateFast, we love that. I mean, doing an impairment report is like going out and playing a round of golf for us. So, so fortunately, you know, our team and our group of people have an intrinsic interest in value in this um, outside of, of any business application. It's just because we're doing what we love. And as we do that, that means becoming more detailed, more specific, and, and turning out better and better analysis of impairment reports. Can you describe a little further with respects to data completeness being, of course, going back, how complete a report is, what percentage of it is actually filled in, and how how much the physician actually looked into the measurements, the activities of daily living, uh, the examinations, the diagnostic tests, how much that information was filled in. With respects to that, can you tell us a little more about how data quality works? Sure. So I think the best analysis that we can kind of all get our heads around is buying a car. <laughs> Say that most of us have thought about buying a car, have participated in buying a car, um, et cetera, et cetera. And particularly, um, let's say a used car. So the, the current process when you, um, you know, buy a car is you can, th- there's several levels of information you can get about a car before you decide to purchase it. So the first one that I like to think about is um, like the lowest uh, data quality. Um, and that's like, um, I, I see the car, it has a for sale sign in the windshield, it's locked, and I can peer in the windows a little bit and look at the outside, the tires and the wheels. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And that's basically um, what we you know, consider a grade C um, quality of, of data. Um, now let's talk about grade B and grade B when I'm looking at the car, um, the owner's there and they give me the keys and I can sit inside, um, take a little closer look at the wear of the interior, smell the interior of the car, look at the floor mats, you know, feel the seats, um, you know, take, take a better look. I'm inside the car, but I'm still just kind of getting a superficial, um, look at, the at the car or at the data, if you will, mm-hmm. um, in in quality A data. Imagine taking this car now to a knowledgeable or certified mechanic 
And that mechanic looks at the car, drives the car, and actually gets into the engine and starts to rip it down. So they can look at the timing belt, they can take a look at the air filter, they can uh, check out the spark plug gaps, you know, and, and do everything that's supposed to be done, you know, on a, in a, in a full, you know, value um, determination on the value of a car. So, so that's, that's the quality. Now, the quantity, imagine if you have a checklist and the checklist says, hey, there are a hundred things on this car that need to be checked all the way from, uh, you know, the, the rims and tire, you know, wear um, right down to the level of oil that's in the car or the odometer miles and, you know, checking, like I said, the timing belt or all these other things. So you have a hundred things on your checklist. Hmm. And, and that's really the, that's really the quantity where we're saying, okay, out of my hundred things on the checklist, only 30 are done. Hmm. Okay. And, and all we're saying is if we can give you as a buyer of a car or an impairment report, as we're trying to draw a parallel here, we can give you two important things. We can tell you how much is there and how good the quality is. And hmm. then you can decide as the stakeholder or the purchaser of the car, if you're okay with that, because the whole point here is not to beat up people because they didn't hit all 100 points on the exam. Okay. Because that kind of expectation is somewhat unrealistic in the way that people are examined, the quality of the examiner's knowledge and skill set for measurements. So, so we're not trying to point a finger and say that if you don't do 100% A plus work, you're a bad person. All we're trying to do is say, look, if you're going to use this report, understand what it is and then make a determination with the stakeholders if you're okay to settle on that. That is all that we're talking about here. We're not saying you're bad or a good person or you got a really terrible exam or you got a great exam. We can tell you the, the, the range of that. But, but the whole point here is to educate the stakeholders and open their eyes but if you really want to do a settlement, you know, on a, on a report with an integrity score of 15%, great. Just mm -hmm. know that it's 15%. Mm -hmm. If you want to, if everyone wants to say, no, we want to go for a hundred percent, you know, data completion, A plus, great. But just know what that's going to take and, and understand that, um, you know, that's going to be a very different examination um, and, and uh, report than the 15% report that you have in your hand right now. Looking at it, you know, as if, as if I were one of the stakeholders that isn't the physician, it does seem to put a lot of the onus on the physician to, to do a, a complete and, and quality report. And maybe not like a 100% complete, but a, a more complete report and everything. But I imagine as the physician, somebody who's went to, to medical school and, and has done all the other things, that sounds like kind of a fun challenge. I mean you know, it, it seems like something that, that one might strive to go above and beyond, especially when they see sort of, oh man, I've, I thought I was doing it right this whole time. It turns out that I was doing it 25%, 35%, you know, like when people start coming into my office, I'm going to strive to get them as much as possible, you know, in the, in the time that they have, because as, as we've discussed before, the physician only has so much time to take all of these measurements and everything. And, uh, and I think that's something that also, you know, say, say, an insurance adjuster would look at and understand, you know, they have a 20 minute, 20 minute appointment uh, and they can't 
give them the full range of all, all the examinations and everything. So yeah, like we will generally settle on on a report that is is in like the 50 percentile. Yeah, I, I think that that's a pretty good analogy. And I also, you know, want to add that another um, sort of analogy to that is you have a mechanic and, you know, his or her skill set understanding or the measurement tools they have, um, you know, at their command um, basically amounts to a pair of pliers and a flathead screwdriver. And you're asking them to go through a car and, you know, rip the engine apart and do a full, you know, um, estimation on on the integrity of the car. Mm-hmm. And they, they just do not have the tools and or the know-how to do it. Yet we send them into the exam room with this expectation that, you know, somehow the stakeholders are going to get consistent exams, not only from the same doctor, but across multiple doctors who are supposed to be using the same rule set. It's, it's just not a realistic expectation by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, you mentioned integrity there, and that's sort of the that's sort of the what we're describing today as the ten thousand foot view is the data integrity, which which as you mentioned is the marriage of the data set completeness and the data quality. Um, how does the data set completeness and the data quality get factored together um, to factor out to creating the overall data integrity of the claim? So the integrity score is, as you mentioned, the marriage of quality and quantity. And in a perfect um, report, we would have um, the highest quality and the full quantity of the report. Mm -hmm. And that would have um, an integrity score of 100%. Mm -hmm. What we're basically doing when we have these two values separate is we measure them against one another and the completeness or lack of completeness will adjust up or down the value of the other number. For instance, if I have a a full data set, I have 100% completeness, Mm -hmm. but the quality is grade B, meaning Mm -hmm. it's not not perfect, it's not horrible, but it's grade B, then what we do is we take the percentage of that B score and we, we multiply that against the total amount of data present, and that will give us the integrity score. So, so when we talk about quality, and that's one thing we haven't talked about, and I'll, I'll quickly comment on it, the, the quality of the data, and let's take a shoulder measurement for a range of motion, for example. Mm-hmm. The, the quality of the data in the plane of flexion, again, we'll use the AMA Guide 6th edition, has two measurements, okay? So got to have two measurements. And each measurement has to be an actual measurement. It's not a visual estimate. So you might have uh, 168 and 167. So for the flexion plane of motion, that is um, we have a full completeness and we have A plus quality because Mm -hmm. it's actual measurements, two measurements uh, have been recorded into the data set. Mm -hmm. Um, Take that with grade B. Grade B um, which many reports are of quality grade B, is where the provider simply eyeballs the range of motion and gives you one value. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in a grade B um, quality, again, we'll use the flexion in the shoulder, you might see a report of 160 degrees. It mm-hmm. might just say 160 degrees flexion, and that is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Now, grade C, or the lowest quality, is where they might say decreased 
That's all that you get in the report. Range of motion of the shoulder decreased. Hmm. There's no visual estimate. There's no attempt at putting in a, um, a, a degree. Um, it's just decreased. Now, the only thing um, lower than that is just not having data at all. So just having it absent um, would be the, the next step. And then that, of course, is uh, shown up in the um, quantity of the data. So think of the, think of the quality of the, the data is A, perfect spec, exactly you know, what the rules call for. B, well, it, was, it was an attempt to do their best, but you know, they, they, they didn't deliver on all mm-hmm. of the criteria. Mm-hmm. And C is where a comment is made. But no attempt is really made to to be specific about the actual measurement other than um, a very cursory comment that, no, I don't think it was full. I'm going to report it as decreased. Mm. When we look at data set completeness, and then we, when we look at data quality and see how those come together to make data integrity, which is our 10,000-foot view, and then we kind of give that to all the stakeholders in the claim to tell them, um, how how well of a job the physician is doing when writing these reports or when, when the reports are being written, written up and everything. We're really getting feedback, we're getting accountability, and we're getting transparency for all stakeholders. Um, seems like something, as, as we mentioned, has been missing from, from workers' comp, which is wreaking havoc and sort of creating all these slowdowns and everything. So seems like the implementation of data integrity is going to help everybody. Yeah, it's it's going to help everybody and it's going to help them in two ways. One is it's going to be a very simple way to understand and communicate um, the quality and quantity of a report in a single value. That's that's probably the most um, uh, the, the first um, benefit of what we're talking about here. Now, the second benefit, if you haven't already thought about this as we're having the discussion, is what is the actionable um you know, outcome of knowing this type of data. Okay. Well, the actionable outcome is, is obviously, you know, the stakeholders having their eyes open and being able to settle on a particular integrity level of a report. That's fine. But, but what makes me interested in something that has not been introduced um, into the space to actually improve the integrity of reports is now we can look at providers and we can look at medical groups, mm-hmm. and we can tell who's doing a good job and who isn't in what aspects of the report. So mm-hmm. think about this. Uh, I'm doing an exam, and I do a great job on the physical exam. You know, maybe my, you know, maybe I have a very high integrity score, but my history is lousy, you know, and it's not lousy for just one report. It's chronically lousy across all the reports that I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the idea isn't to say, well, we're not going to send you any more reports because you're not meeting an integrity score of blah, blah, blah. The, the real value here is to provide me some education as a provider in the network to focus on and bring my integrity score up. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really what this has an opportunity to do is not only the insight, because this isn't a punitive tool. This mm-hmm. is an educational tool mm-hmm. and it's a transparency tool. So we want to be able to give people as much information as possible to make the decisions about selling their claim, of course, but to also improve the system so that the providers who are generating these data sets 
can kind of understand where their blind spots are, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And, and that's definitely um, one of the great intended benefits of you know, calculating an integrity of a report is to give the feedback for the medical provider as well. There's always an opportunity to learn. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. To learn more about data quality and data set integrity, the 10,000-foot view, drop into our blog at blog.rate-fast.com and visit our website at rate-fast.com.